If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the Eurogamer Newscast. Uh, it's been a little while since we were last here. We've been on our summer holidays. No, we're not. Um, we've been in well, I have. Cologne. <laughs> yeah, you have, Victoria, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been at Gamescom. There's been a lot going on. So let's catch up about all of that. Uh, joining me as ever, it's Ed Nightingale. Hello. Victoria Kennedy. Hello. And I'm Tom Phillips. And we were at Gamescom last week we saw lots of stuff we're going to talk about some of the good stuff that we saw maybe some of the stuff that we saw that we're not as excited about it all kicked off with another jeff Keighley show as all of these things do um i it's been a little while now since that show it sort of faded into memory a little bit but um it was a better show than Summer Game Fest, I think it's fair to say, in terms of the variety of stuff there. It was still far too long. Would you guys agree? Definitely too long. Definitely two too hours. Long. It was what, like two hours? And a half oh, with the pre show. There's yeah. always a pre show. Probably not a great sales point. But yes, okay, so two and a half hours that we were sat there watching the keynotes. The Keeley notes, mm. yeah. I mean, there was nothing, not a lot that was brand new. So for me, it was a little flat overall in terms of sort of big announcements. Um, but it was nice to get a sort of deeper look at some stuff. Um, and there I were think, a, few, I mean, a did, few nice additions, I think. He did yeah, we got another look at Alan Wake. Ahead of the, uh, ahead of the show to say, like, it's not going to be, like, brand new game deals or these, you know, it's all going to be stuff that we are already, it's already on the radar. Yeah, that was sort of the, the tune of Gamescom in general. It's games that we've been waiting on for a while. There's a busy end-of-year release slate. This is sort of our last opportunity to see some of that stuff before it actually sees release. Um, like Cyberpunk, the expansion, Phantom Liberty is out in less than a month. Alan Wake is on the horizon. And uh, Call of Duty was there as well. Sort of games that are known quantities and they were using that space to give us a bit more detail. But no, was there even one like world premiere? I don't think there was. No. I think there were some games that were new, but there was no world premiere. I'm trying to think. Hmm. No, I don't think there was anything. At least not that I remember, which, again, isn't a great sales point for the, the show. Well, there was one brand new game. I was going to say, you're going to bring up your Yorkshire game. I'm excited about. I can't do the accent. Um, <laughs> thank mm, goodness. That was the start of the show. Yeah. It really was. Um I so thought really nice down in that. Article I thought Ed was just saying, uh, yeah, thank goodness you're here. here. Remind me about the Yorkshire game. I forgot that that's actually what it's called. <laughs> that is the name of the game. 
No, that is the name. That is the name. Yeah, it's it's these two developers from Barnsley up north. Uh, and it's a love letter to Yorkshire. It's got this cartoon style that feels very sort of Beano-esque, I guess. Um, and it's a sort of very silly comedy platformer type game with a lot of very specifically Yorkshire humour, uh, which uh, looks like a lot of fun. And do, it's they just... have, do they have humour in Yorkshire? <gasps> wow. <laughs> that's that's quite, the, uh, quite the claim, Tom. <laughs> it was a question, not a claim. <laughs> I grew up watching Last of the Summer Wine. They're all I just they grumpy old men and old ladies. Bath <laughs> like, yeah. tubs. Cups. Going down in the hill. Flat, I'm in flat caps. Flat cap. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think it's just, it's amazing. You've got this sort of, I guess, global show that is based in Germany and this one game that's just incredibly British. Yep. It is definitely uh, which I love. British to its bones, hmm. isn't it? Like, um, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that it was there and it felt like, I don't know, Gamescom is a German show and obviously uh, it's, you know, a long way away from the UK. Um, but there's definitely... I don't know if you feel the same way, but there's there's definitely a different vibe there to the American shows like E3 and GDC. It feels a little bit closer to home for us, and it's it was a good place to sort of show that. I think was it on the show floor? Did you track it down? No, at least not in the public area. I think they were showing showing it to some media, um, which. Um, I mean, I wasn't able to see, but uh, I've heard good things from people who did see it. So I'm I'm excited to to find out more about it and when's it actually meant to be maybe chat to the devs at some point. There was okay, okay. 2024. <laughs> he says, looking at the other screen. <laughs> um, it reminds me of a game, another game that I saw at Gamescom which was extremely uh, localized to a region of the United Kingdom, which was Still Wakes the Deep, which is set on an oil rig in the North Sea. And the cast is a load of really strong <gasps> Scottish regional accents. And like uh, the slang in it fit like was impenetrable to me. I mean, maybe I was just very tired at that point. I saw it on the last day of the show, but you needed subtitles and really you needed subtitles for the subtitles to understand what they were saying. And I think that's great. You know, I think it's, I think video games should be authentic and the Chinese room, the developer behind it, who's done, everybody's gone to the rapture um, is really going to stand out with this game, which is a horror game and a, a narrative adventure, uh, a bit more interactive than the walking simulator uh, trope that they are known for with things like Rapture and Dear Esther. But it's it, it's so uniquely placed where it is because of the people. It's It was a real joy to sort of witness and then also look around the room. I was in a presentation and there were a lot of UK journalists in there, but also some Germans. And I was just thinking, you have no idea what's, what's going on, do you? <laughs> I live but then you sort of do, like, like the... you know, Aberdeen, where there's a lot of, like, sorry, you know, northeast Scotland is where I live. 
And I still, I would could do with subtitles and actual conversations with people sometimes. Like, it's a very strong accent. So kudos to the developers for actually putting it in there. Yeah, and it's not even just an accent. It's like there are whole phrases which are in words that are not spoken, like, which are not English. They are Scottish slang. And I, th although I, w I mean, what I would say is, you know, obviously, if you don't know what they're saying, it takes a bit more to sort of lean in and understand what's happening. But the game also makes it quite clear from body language, like the intonation of the words, the inflection of what's said. You know, you understand what's going on, and I think that says a lot for the script as well. But I asked, uh, "Are you going to do like subtitles for the subtitles?" Ha 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 as a joke. And they said, well, we're actually, we are going to include oh, wow. Queen's English as a subtitle. So you will be able to have, you know, I can't even pronounce, or I'm not going to try what they were saying, <laughs> but you will have like a very straight I know a lot of people here say like, translation like, underneath. Instead of like, how are you? So. Okay. Yeah. And if you, you say like fit, you're saying. Fit like. <laughs> So it's fit, F-I-T, four. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I wow. Can you put well, no, fit like, like in a hey, sentence? Fit like, <laughs> like it's, it's kind of like, how's it going? And then oh, if you... Okay. Is it like, are you? Are they saying, uh, are you fit? Are you fit and well? Be, but they'll also say, so if, like, if you say something, so if I said something to you and you didn't understand me, you'd be like, fit? Fit you saying? <laughs> like that. So fit. Surely I mean, that's maybe. just short for another F word. <laughs> I, I mean, I can also what confirm the... that in you North saying... Scotland, they, they use that other F word sometimes, but I'm not going to use it on the newscast. But yeah, no, fit. And fine. We, they say fine <laughs> a lot. Ah, for fine. Scotland, Scotland likes their swears. What, what is an appropriate response to fit like as a question? Um, like the fit's you'd say, good. You'd be like, oh, fit fine, good. fine. <laughs> fit well. But like, but like, but like, fine here. Oh, that's where less I, interesting. <laughs> like where I'm based is more like, oh, it's fine. Like it's excellent. It's not just yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. Like more like fine dining, but with uh, less ponds. Yeah. <laughs> dining. You can say it's a brobrich moonlich the nicht. Just tea. Which means there's a nice moon tonight. See, that was the sort of, that was the kind of level of, <laughs> goodness, I have no idea what they're saying. It's not English in a Scottish accent. Yeah, it's actually Scottish words. Yeah. Anyway. And this is Scottish language. Victoria we can all learn Kennedy, something everyone. from that game. <laughs> <laughs> What did you? What else did you see, Ed? Maybe at the show that really surprised you. Well, I think one of the surprises for me, which started at Opening Night Live, was that there was a new trailer for Black Myth Wukong, which I'm really excited about. They have shown like one trailer a year for the last couple of years. Um, it's from Game Science, which is a Chinese developer. And it's based on Journey to the West. You're playing as this monkey character. It's essentially a Souls-like, but we haven't seen too much of the sort of general gameplay. Um, we've seen bits. But 
they were showing off a new trailer at opening night live and then it was playable which was the first time it's been playable but the thing is that they didn't tell any of the media so there was a stand in the public area that you could queue for to play which was about three hours long if not longer um because i think so many people are excited about it and because it's the first time it's playable but it meant that media kind of had to queue up with everybody else you didn't get a you know, a, a, any kind of press showing of it. So um, I saw it was there and I went on the Wednesday, which was the, before the public were there. And I went at the end of the day and it was, uh, they'd closed the queue at about four o'clock because it was a three hour wait. So I then went back the next day, first thing, got up super early to just get straight in there and run to that stand. And I managed to get into the first session and play it, um, which I'm really glad I did because that, genuinely was the best thing I played um and we saw some great stuff but that was I wasn't expecting it to be there I was excited about the game anyway and it just it plays so well it was four bosses I only got to three but it was timed for 30 minutes um so I got to do three of the bosses and it's just so dramatic and the combat feels so smooth the animation is really elegant um just I absolutely loved it. And I keep thinking about that game and how much I want to go back and fight those bosses again and try out different strategies. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised that that was going to be there because I think the run-up to Gamescom, we had planned a lot of our meetings. We sort of had an idea of what was going to be there. And that came out of nowhere. And I thought, I have to play that. So I'm I'm very glad I so got with up this early. game, did you <laughs> find the three bosses, were they, you know, were they releases? unique enough that they really do set themselves apart in this sort of souls genre or do you feel that like you, you kind of like if you are a souls fan you will know this game no i i think it, it feels a bit different to other souls Never. games so to make a comparison um i also played lords of the fallen which is dark souls with a different name and i really like dark souls so i instantly really like lords of the fallen i think it plays really well it feels very familiar but it is very, very, very much Dark Souls as a game. Um, whereas Wukong feels a bit different. Um, the bosses themselves, it's all based on Chinese folklore from Journey to the West. Um, they all tend to be anthrop anthropomorphic animals. So my favorite was, um, uh, was this tiger boss, um, which was sort of lapping at this pool of blood and, uh, like it just was so dramatic and so theatrical in the setup, um, which was really cool. Um, but combat feels really smooth as well. The, the monkey is using a bow staff. You have different stances, which give you different attacks, uh, different magic attacks. So it feels very different to um, to other Souls games, which I really like. It's, it feels a bit more unique. Why do you think that the... Um... The, the queue is so long, the interest is so high. I mean, it's it's a new IP. Is that just because it's, um, it, it is a Souls-like game and there's interest in the genre? I think partly that. Um, partly, we knew about it from a couple of years ago. So I think that hype has been building over a couple of years. Um, it also uses the brand new Unreal Engine. So in terms of its looks, it really does look like a next-gen game. I don't. I, I haven't seen a game that um, 
that looks as good as that. So just as a visual showcase, I think people were excited to see it. But Souls, especially after Elden Ring, I think the Souls genre has really exploded. Um, you know, between that, like I said, Lords of the Fallen, Liza P was also there. I think Souls games are just popular and have inspired so many other developers. And people are really starting to grow to love this genre. So, and, and no one had played it before. So it was the first time to actually really see it in action. Um, that sounds great. Really cool to get an early look. Um, I, if I had to pick one thing that I was like, not expecting to be a big deal over there, but clearly was like a lot of people were talking about it. Uh, I think the Plucky Squire, which I loved playing it was just it left me with a smile on my face uh every minute in the demo there was something in it that i was just thinking that is so smart that is so clever i i don't i don't understand why no one has done this before already but i'm really glad that you're doing it it um yeah just uh a really really clever concept and if you don't know what it is it's uh you followed um like a side scrolly or top down character in a book, in a picture book. He's this, you know, colorful little knight character. And each double page of the picture book is kind of its own level or own, uh, its own area. And you complete that bit and then you go on to the next. But then there's this whole other aspect to it where you can come out of the book and suddenly it shifts from a flat plane from 2D into 3D and your knight pops out and he can wander around the desk that the book is based on he can pick up items from the 3d world and take them back to the 2d world he can kind of mine out letters from the captions in the book and um swap the words around which then uh if it's an adjective like the huge frog was blocking the path you can swap the huge in that sentence for deflated or oh, the knight was feeling deflated take the deflated out put it in that sentence the frog then collapses and deflates and then you can carry on through it's just really really cool stuff there's bits that are like linked between uh what was the one where you go into the murals on the walls is it a link between worlds um on the yes yeah, on yep. the 3DS, I want to say. Yep. There's yep. bits like that. There's a bit like the side-scrolling Link's Awakening sections. There's bits which are very much like classic top-down Zelda. And then there's this 3D area on top. And it is really, really clever. It's out next year and I can't wait to play more. It's also quite difficult, I think. The person demoing it to me, who was explaining it all, was a developer and, and they died quite a bit. So I feel like maybe oh. it's got kind of like a tunic tunic vibe going on. Cute on the surface. A bit more it's challenging. It's definitely difficult, yeah. I really, really am looking forward to that game. I think that looks really fun. Uh, I actually thought, I still thought it was coming out this year, but obviously it's been delayed a bit. But yeah, I think that game will be lovely. And I, I like what you were sort of picking up about how it's kind of mixing the sort of uh, visual, uh, not visual styles, but like the 2D, 3D style bits. I like that mix up. It's unique. Really, really unique. Yeah. Very jealous you saw that. <laughs> I'm very jealous you saw that as well. I think it sounds brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. How? Uh, what else did you see, Ed? That you really, really loved? Um, God, I'm trying to remember everything because we saw so much. 
it's it's a really overwhelming experience sort of just seeing as all these different games um i was definitely on a bit of a souls thing so like i said i also saw lords of the fallen and liza p both of which i really enjoyed um liza p they've fixed the dodge so nice that's uh that's a nice improvement from the demo which i think people were hoping for um does lords of the fallen look as slick as it looks in all the sort of trailers and things we've seen for it it looks great yeah, genuinely, it's got, like I said, stylistically, it is very Dark Souls, um, but on a technical level, like, it looks great. It's got this these two worlds you alternate between, um, which all feels really slick and smooth. Um, I also really enjoyed Persona 5 Tactica, um, which I I guess still have some reservations about slightly, um, but it is, it's an extension of the Persona 5 story. It takes place later on. It's already had one sequel, which was Persona 5 Strikers, which was a sort of Warriors Muzu game. And now with this, they're turning it into a turn-based strategy game. So it's all on a grid and you move your characters around in turns. To me, it plays quite similarly to Mario and Rabbids, which I didn't quite expect. Oh. It's more that than, say, Fire Emblem. Um it's sort of got that 3D cutesy kind of style to it. The characters are these short little chibi versions of, of the characters that we know and love from Persona 5. Um, and it's quite simple, but just plays really well. And I can tell that that's going to be, in battle at least, it's going to be really, really fun. What we weren't really shown was much of the story or, you know, a big aspect of the Persona games is the social aspect and making friends with your team and, and managing your day. And I don't know how much of that is going to be in the game. And that, for me, is kind of what makes it Persona. Whereas this, from what I've seen, I've only seen the battles, so that's all I can comment on. And the battles are fun, but I really hope that it still integrates some of those other elements um, of Persona. But otherwise, that was that was really fun. Um, I quite enjoyed Sonic Superstars, but also didn't. Um, I... I got to play it both solo and two-player. And solo was just classic Sonic, which was good fun. It's just about running fast, getting through the levels, um, some fun little twists. There's a cyber cyberspace level that turns you into a little voxel version of your character that then transforms into a sort of squid jellyfish thing and a rocket and other bits and pieces. So that was really fun. Um, but then you play it in two-player and you're kind of just stuck teleporting as the other person's off the screen and then you're off the screen and it just for me sonic just doesn't really work as a multiplayer game um because you want to run fast and you don't want to be held back by somebody else or you don't want to be holding somebody else back and then you're just sort of uh fast traveling basically through the level to catch up with them <laughs> and not really doing very much so that was playing with a developer i was playing with a pr um who okay. was very lovely and very sympathetic um, and said, oh, I match your speed. And then I kind of just ran off. <laughs> I was going to say, it's sympathetic because he left you behind or because uh, left her behind? No, 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 I left her behind. Um, her and, behind uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, <laughs> it was just quite funny. And then I was like, I'll try it on my own, thanks. <laughs> oh, I got this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Do you feel, though, that game is, if you are a Sonic fan, you will enjoy it, but it's not going to, like, wow someone who's maybe new to the Sonic franchise yeah and even as a sonic fan i don't think it lives up to you know even the classic games or sonic mania i think it's fun but it is kind of just more sonic with a nice 3d look to it even though it's side scrolling um i think the the co-op is more for kind of oh i want to play with with my younger sibling 
um, and they can join me as tails, and then I'll just run off and leave them in the dust. Um, it's it's more for that, I think, as a sort of family style thing where you want to go a bit slower, um, as opposed to single player. I want to get you know get through with as many rings and as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> picturing that poor PR be like yes I'm at your speed and then it's just <laughs> dust see ya <laughs> yeah. how about you Tom with you. Um, there is one game that I saw that I can't quite talk about yet um, embargoes wise um, but there'll be impressions from me on the site very soon if you are reading or listening or watching this um, today Thursday, 31st of August. Uh, The last appointment I had of the show was interesting, which was a Lord of the Rings game. And it's called... I want to get this right. It's not Minds of Moria. It's Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. And it is a game set in the fourth age of Tolkien's world. So after the events of Return of the King, which is sort of untouched territory. And it tells the story of the dwarves having defeated Sauron along with everyone else, kind of reclaiming their home um, in Moria after Sauron's forces lived there. And it's a mining um, sort of base building sim game, which is not really my cup of tea, but I do love Lord of the Rings. And I love the idea that you are, basically cleaning up, rebuilding, exploring this whole network of now quite dilapidated caves and real locations from the book and the show. So you can see the bit, you can see the cavern where Gandalf fell and you can see Balin's tomb. Yeah, that's all there. Um, So they have like these specific spots in Moria, which are um, kind of static that they're always going to be there. And then, for each playthrough that you have, the bits in between are procedurally generated, so it's different every time. And you can go mining down there and you can find uh, resources to make your character stronger. And of course, there are enemies down there still. You know, there are the remnants of Sauron's forces, so cave trolls and orcs and things like that. And the look of it. Say, if you dig too deep, will you find the Balrog? <laughs> so they've actually said off, but... there isn't a Balrog. <laughs> which they would love to do, but they have to remain authentic to the canon. One Balrog, Balrog dead. Gandalf yeah, killed Balrog. Gandalf got him. No more Balrog. <laughs> they, have a, they have another big bad, which they, aren't, they haven't announced yet. Um, but it's not the Balrog. Oh, they have so, a cave troll. I was going to say, I they have a cave troll. <laughs> but yeah, you, you like hang around. There's like bits of uh, what Gimli is up to post- Lord of the Rings because he's hanging around for a bit helping rebuild and uh, I, I I think it's a great setting and it is perfectly designed with the films and the TV series in mind because uh, they were making this before Rings of Power came out but a lot of Rings of Power is set in Moria and when they started watching the episodes uh, speaking to the developers and they were like stunned by how similar it looked in their game to what the Amazon series did in the show, which oh, I think wow. speaks to sort of the authenticity of the designs. It's a game that I'm going to give a go. I I, th- I think it might be quite fun. 
just to potter about a bit. Quite a chill game. Um, and yeah, you can rebuild. And I was saying to them, this reminds me a little bit of Power Simulator, which I'm a bit of a fan of. And he said, well, come and look at this. And you can sort of clean up all of the crap on the buildings that are down there and polish them up and make them look good. And you can do this with basically the oh. entire of Moria if you really, really want to. So it's, like, it's like, it's almost a Dwarven Lord of the Rings power simulator. So until sounds so amazing. Lord of the Rings actually goes in power simulator. It's going to be spotless when you get the game, isn't it? I can picture Tom like every evening just going around this little, I don't know, what's also sort of Lord of the Rings power wash-esque something i don't know like a chisel that's just chipping away getting it all getting it all buffed yeah like a whetstone that'll Great. do whetstone yeah that sounds gameplay wise maybe not my thing but it's lord of the rings and you've kind of sold it to me so it's cool that's pretty cool i do like that we are almost out of time but ed is there anything else that you saw that you want to shout um a couple of other bits i saw another game from a Chinese dev called Where Winds Meet. Um, and they are developing this with support from NetEase. And it's essentially this open world RPG that is all essentially sort of a love letter to, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Wuxia, um, which is the sort of ancient Chinese fantasy genre of swordsmen and, um, and martial arts. And it looks stunning. It is exactly as you expect from that, that genre of film, the sort of cinematography. They've completely replicated that really elegant swordplay. Um, it looks absolutely stunning. So their aim for that is to bring Wuxia to the West and to make it global uh, with global appeal. So I'm really excited to see more of that. I also saw a game called Resistor, which they're describing as a car PG. And okay. it sounds very ambitious uh but i really like the idea of it it's essentially a stunt racing game with an open world rpg so you design your own character and you go driving around these racetracks but it's more about doing stunts to build up points as opposed to coming first so it's all about being stylish and then that extends to your character creator and your your car which you can customize and the, the races are described almost like wrestlers. So you can des design your own like entry to the, to the race, like you would, uh, you know, a wrestler's entrance with music and fireworks and stuff. Um, and you get um, uh, companions that will join you in your car, which give you different sort of abilities. And you can drive around and walk around this open world and have conversations with branching story and different endings. And you can become the villain in the story if you want, based on the, the, uh, the decisions that you make. And then you go and beat them all in, in racing. And it's kind of F zero. You can like spin to smack into them and then corkscrew off. And, um, oh, wow. it's, there are just so, so many ideas in this game that put together, this, sounds... this sounds really ambitious, but really, really fun. Like beautiful chaos. Yeah. That sounds a lot of fun. It is beautiful too. Like the aesthetic is great. Yeah, it's all sort of cartoon style. Um, the developer worked for Bioware on Mass Effect and Dragon Age, and then has also worked at Codemasters, which is known for its racing games. So it's kind of those two worlds put together. It's a good marriage made for that. Yeah, CarPG. I really like that. <laughs> good. Awesome. Well, uh, it's lovely to be back. 
apologies it's been so long um we'll be speaking to you all again soon i'm sure but that's sort of what we've been up to in playing at gamescom if you are interested in hearing a bit more behind the scenes about what it's like to cover one of these shows um and a couple of the interviews that we did what that was like i talked to phil spencer and um also uh talked to someone else and i'm aware of embargoes so i can't say any more than that um but ed and i are going to be talking to the lovely bertie on an episode of inside eurogamer um which will be up soon ish um so you can hear more about all of that on there um but for us that's all we have time for thank you very much for joining us this week it's lovely to be here uh thank you ed where can people find you on social media you could find me at ed underscore knights and victoria i am at little chop shop gal and i'm at tom phillips eg cheers again we'll speak to you all soon bye for now see you then Bye.